0: show. <laughs> this is my safe place. So my safe. What is it? A safe spot? Safe
1: there you go. Try and use that liberal jargon. <laughs> we are live.
0: Ooh. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Love and Marriage podcast. I am your host, Windio. This is my co-host, Hotep Jesus, and we actually have a very, very special guest. We have Chef Rule. How are you doing tonight, Chef?
2: Hey. How you doing?
0: We're good. So normally we talk about love and marriage on this on this particular show. But tonight um, we're going to have Chef come on because he has been um, you've been all over the place speaking out amongst a lot of different things. And Hotep Jesus would call this communism that Chef's speaking out about.
1: (laughs) Damn commies.
0: So um, it was I was actually telling you before we went live is that I actually wanted to have you and your wife come on and talk about love and marriage and talk about how you guys run your businesses together, you guys are married, you guys have four amazing children, like kind of just talk about how that dynamic works, because at least with me and my husband we can do the marriage thing. We can do the raising kids thing. But when it comes to running a business together, I do not touch his stuff. He does not touch my stuff. We do not work well together. So I was like, wow, they're business partners. But then I saw that your wife had um, that you guys were expecting and that she had given birth. And I was like, no, I can't ask them to come on, um, you know, cause brand new babies. But then all this crazy stuff has been happening and we wanted to just kind of get you to come on and have you tell us, what the hell is going on
2: it's a good question uh and i can always grab lauren too i'm sure she's running around right now with the kids behind me so uh you know if you want the crazy great, stuff.
0: that would be great bring the bring the kids too i'll bring my daughter and bring the husband hotel will bring his people in
2: <laughs> yep yep perfect perfect well thanks for having it. me on i appreciate it so uh you just you know, you tell me how you want me to rant and I'll rant away. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. All right. So it, it to me, it seems like at least from where I'm sitting, I'm in New Jersey. It seems like it's Chef Groove versus Gavin Newsom. Have you all ever spoken or have you ever had communication with the governor?
2: Never had any communication. I will tell you this, though, that uh, and I, I won't reveal too much detail. But since I kind of went on my original rant and, uh, you know, it's started to go viral in this on Gavin Newsom. We have had a few um, government agencies just coincidentally start doing some fishing expeditions on things. So uh, uh, it's a little weird. It's a fishing, little weird. When you say uh, fishing, what do
1: you mean by that?
2: I mean just broad-based um, audits on businesses, myself personally, etc. Wow.
1: Wow. So you've, you've raised sort of a red flag with the alphabet boys and, um, and so you, you, you're, you're in, 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 in the streets, we'd call that you're hot right now. Right. And hot, not in a good way. Like, you you
2: know, you got a little bit of heat. You got the heat on you. Um, yeah. Yeah. The target, the target's definitely sizzling.
1: have, Have, have the, uh, officials come to your um, cuz i you know some i've seen some clips where people come in and they're trying to find people and 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 whatnot have they done that at your restaurants
2: no so we haven't had we haven't had anybody come in we haven't had anybody actually address the fact that we're quote you know defying the orders of our overlords so for us it's it's been smooth sailing in that regard now granted we're in orange county which is a little bit different than LA LA i mean i've seen some of these videos it's pretty intense what they're doing i mean it's like the Gestapo coming out and dropping the hammer on these businesses that are just you know maybe skirting around some of these regulations to try and keep people employed
1: mm, mm. now where do you align, align politically before we get to the next few questions
2: well as I've mentioned uh you know when I run for governor I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be running as a libertarian Let's so go! If that answers the question then uh, we get it.
1: <laughs> okay good um that 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 kind of just twisted my mind. I had, I have to like, cause I didn't expect that. Right. Um,
0: what did, what did you expect, Hotep? Uh,
1: Republican. Oh, come Republican on. Was, okay. was, was. Damn. My bad. My bad. <laughs> come on. He's a, he's a low key crypto person too. We are libertarian, sir. I love it. I, I I wish I would've known, you know, I'm in my own bubble. I haven't, you know, I don't get a chance to keep up. got a million things coming on baby coming tomorrow. Um, but that's great. So, are you okay with anarchy? Am I or is okay that with too anarchy? Too extreme for you? Yeah, is that too I mean, extreme for
2: you? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm like a hard, hard, hard right libertarian in the sense of it being total, complete, and utter anarchy. But I think you know I think certain controls need to be put in place. Although I think we've gone so far around the circle here in California that the libertarians will will just let it lay bare that the government overreach has just gone gone. It's gone overboard.
1: Why what I'm going to play devil's advocate here. COVID-19 yep. has killed 300,000 people nationally so on and so forth and you know we need to lock down. Why do you feel like you can defy this order? Why do you think you can do that when you're potentially putting people's lives at risk?
2: Yeah, and look, I agree if the lockdown was the real mechanism by which we were going to stop this spread, then let's do it, right? Let's go all in. Mm-hmm. If we're going to lock it down, Lock it all down. Lock down all the government offices. Lock down the governor's office. Lock down the airplanes. Lock down the airports. Lock down the big box stores. And then take all the money that's sitting in these bloated government programs and redistribute that money directly to the people. Don't take the money and then redistribute it through another government agency, which just happens to get lost or redistributed to their campaign donors. Pay everybody to stay home. Then we'll have two weeks whereby we can objectively monitor the data to determine if the lockdown was effective. And if the data proves that the lockdown was ineffective when it was actually being done properly, well, then we know that we can wipe that control measure off the board. So it's not that I'm defying any orders. It's that when you selectively choose which industries can and can't lock down, then it's it's nonsense. I mean, anybody can open their eyes and see that.
1: Mm, mm. Do you think that the lockdowns are an effective measure?
2: I don't know whether they are. They aren't an effective measure because they've never been done properly. Right. It's you know. So I don't, what we know right now with what we're seeing, I don't necessarily know if the lockdowns are the answer. Um, but once again, like I say, we're we're looking at it and we're looking at data that's skewed.
1: Data mm, that skewed. Do you, so you're saying that the numbers that they purport are not accurate?
2: I'm saying that the numbers that we see, right? We see cases spiking in certain situations and then we see deaths and we see all these numbers. And we're blaming it on industries like the restaurant industry, um, like small businesses, retail, et cetera, when we don't really know where these cases are coming from. Because one day I can be in Walmart with my mask off. The next day I can be in the restaurant and I might say that I was at Walmart. So when we look at the data, the data is tainted because we don't truly know and understand where people are, if they're allowed to go out or if they're not allowed to go out. So, you know, the selective lockdowns are where we're you know, we're kind of, that's what I mean by skewing the data.
0: Well, let me also kind of jump in here too. So I worked in healthcare seven years. I worked in infectious disease with HIV AIDS. So with that particular illness is, you know, where you got it from. It's very, it's not airborne. So, you know, you know, you kind of look at a list of your partners or who you're using drugs with and injecting with, and there's like a group where you could have gotten it. But when we're talking about COVID, it's very hard to tell where you got it. Cause like you said, you could be at the Walmart, you could be at the restaurant, you can go to the post office. I was at the post office last week and there was like 40 people inside the post office, just standing in line. You can even go to your grocery store or even go see your parents and you're not going to know where, where you exactly where you got it from.
2: Yeah. Nobody, nobody really knows. And that's the whole point. And uh, furthermore, you know, uh, what, what's, what's, like really crazy about all of this is just once again the hypocrisy so you know i can't go eat outside but then i can set up a movie set right next door and i can do the exact same thing that i said that i shouldn't be doing in the first place so that's what i mean about like tainted data right um you know it's it's uh, it makes it difficult but then you look at states like florida Right? They're completely open. And if you take all the states and you use a proper metric, right? Because cases, I think that that's incredibly, var- that's a variable situation. And obviously, there's some subjectivity to it as to who's getting tested and who's not. But if you look at deaths per 1 million population, right? And you take Florida, Florida's number 21 of 50 states. One, two, and three is New York, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. Last I checked, which was only like 12 hours ago. Florida's 21. Florida is completely open, wide open. There's no restrictions at all. So why is that, right? And why is New York number one, and they've had some of the most stringent lockdown measures?
1: Mm, mm. Indeed, that's a good <laughs> question. How? What, what's your policy with with the mask at your restaurant?
2: So we wear masks because, um, you know, we we feel as if, look, at the end of the day, you know, I I don't think the mask debate is the hill to die on because. It's not as much of an inconvenience as I think s- certain other things might be. So if there's even empirical data, which points to masks slowing the spread or being somewhat of a control measure, let's go ahead and wear the mask, not an issue at all. And it's funny because we haven't had an issue with the mask. So we're in, we're in quote, you know, anti-mask zone in Huntington beach, California, you go to any, you know, anybody in say Huntington beach, California, and they think it's everybody burning their masks, but We've never had an issue with guests coming in and having an issue with wearing a mask. Plus, we've got plexiglass up so you can order with or with, you know, it's, it's just not an issue. I think, I think the media is making it an issue because they wanna be able to rely on something, some token, some spe- some talking point.
1: Let's say I walk in and I'm not wearing a mask, you gonna make me put one on?
2: No, no, I'm not going to because we're a fast casual restaurant and I'm protecting my employees as well And and because it's not up to me 100%, right? Like I I need to make the decisions based upon the level of comfort my team members have too. So I don't want to put them in an uncomfortable situation and force them to work in an environment where they might be uncomfortable. But we've got plexiglass up, which is protecting you from the guest. So if you come in temporarily without a mask on and then you go outside, we're never really interacting in an area in which, hypothetically, you could be spreading that bad breath. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) But personally, I'll tell you this: I haven't brushed my teeth in like six months. I've saved so much on toothpaste because I wear masks all the time.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh.
0: Well, I mean, that also adds to the mask argument. Is I uh, have you guys seen the the reusable shopping bags?
1: No, at the oh, grocery
0: yeah. store. And because we have them in California. So this is a California thing. I remember when they mandated the law that you have to have the reusable bag and you couldn't have the plastic bag, which I was pissed off about because we reuse the plastic bags for, yeah. you know, for mm-hmm. the whatever. We reuse them. And people don't even wash their bag. Like they're putting like meat and produce, all kinds of stuff in the shopping bags and they don't wash it. And I'm just, I was telling Hotep this last weekend, And can you imagine these people that don't wash their reusable bags with the mask? They probably don't wash their mask either.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's like a walk. It's a it's a mobile petri dish.
1: Oh shit. We're supposed to wash our masks. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> oh man. Um, chef, you've been um, you've been doing like some speaking, right, around the nation. Yep. Yep. Uh, people are booking you, or are you showing up voluntarily, or are you like a celebrity now. What's going on with that?
2: No, no, no. I'm just trying to speak out on behalf of certain organizations to kind of try and figure out the reasonable, reasonable uh, approach forward, if you will. Um, most of what I've been doing though has been remote and you know media stuff. Just, just really trying to be a, a voice of reason in all of this.
1: How are people taking to that?
2: Some people, I would say 99% of the response has been positive. And I think it's been positive because, you know, we're not trying to glam onto any conspiracy theories here. And nor are we trying to be, in a, you know, a barrier towards, to, uh, you know, amidst any of these policies that they're putting in place. But when they tell us to follow the data for 10 months and we follow the data and we follow the science and then the data and the science doesn't work towards the narrative We're not just going to then switch and use our emotion. We're going to continue following the data. So, for example, you know, what put me in the spotlight was when I spoke out about this outdoor dining ban. That was a scenario where we were following the data and the data didn't support their position. They kept pivoting and pivoting and then doubled down on the pivot and said, no, we've got the science to prove that outdoor dining is bad. And um, that was in, in L.A. County specifically. And what happened? The judge overturned it because they were bluffing. They had no science. They had no data. And now the narrative is completely switched that they're saying, well, it's the mere optics of people eating outdoors that's going to lead other people to go and do things outdoors. And really the message is to get people locked down and keep them in their house. So the narrative switched entirely. Mm. So because of the way I'm responding to that, yeah, I'm getting some, I'm getting a lot of, I've, I've gotten a couple death threats, um, you know, hate mail, et cetera. But overall, the support is positive.
0: Uh <sighs> I kinda feel, I, was... fe- I kinda of feel like um you know it, it is Hanukkah. You know, we're celebrating Hanukkah at my house. My dad was Jewish and you know, he educated us on what happened and whatnot. It kind of Mosletov. Like- shalom. Kind of ca- kind of feeling these these, these Germany vibes <laughs> in <laughs> California.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's feeling like that, right? It's feeling very like Nazi Germany now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, let's, and there's also some context here that people do need, some of our viewers do need to understand is that Orange County and LA County, they're two separate counties and Orange County is more of a red area. LA County is very, very, very blue. They are very liberal. They're two very different areas and different, different types of people. So I just kind of wanted to to add that in as well. And yeah, and it's very, it's very hard for me to, to, to go, from them going from, I remember last March they said it's okay to go take walks and to be outside, and now they don't want us to be outside.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Chef, hypothetically speaking, one of these officials walks into your restaurant and he says, "You got to shut this down." What are you going to do, bro? Um,
2: well, I'm going to I'm going to try and take this onto a human level, right? Talk to them, express to them, and. Ex- explain to them why we're open and, you know, kind of get into really, really discuss the risk factor that's there, right? Because this all comes down to policy. Policy is about trade-offs, cost-benefit analysis. And when you look at the costs, the benefits, you know, what they're asking us to do, laying off employees during the holidays when we're not putting anybody at any risk. and Furthermore, the people that are coming into the restaurant, they're making decisions for themselves. They're, they're use, using their own individual liberty in order to make that choice, to enter that situation, which hypothetically could be riskier or not. Um, and those people have the right to make those decisions themselves. So I'd have that conversation. After that, I would offer them as much as I could on the menu, specifically the lobster. That seems to be really good at getting people to uh, listen to me. And uh, and if that doesn't work, then I guess we're just going to have to accept the fines.
1: mm. Mm. Have you ever seen anything like this before in your life?
2: I mean, no, I don't think I don't think any of us have seen a situation like this whereby the government is forcing people to do things that they don't even do themselves. Right. So, I mean, yeah. you know, there's just such a stark difference here between the actions of those el- elected officials that are telling us what to do and what they're actually doing themselves. The, the hypocrisy has always been there. But I think that the you know the the, uh, the 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 gap between what's happening up up above and the reality on the ground um, is just astronomical.
1: What do you what do you think the the play is behind of all this? Um, you know, with the lockdowns, do you think that the lockdowns are here because they care about COVID, or is there some ulterior motive at play here, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as to say that our elected officials are intelligent enough to be able to collude on a level that they could, you know, push forward some grand reset. Now, while there might be obviously motives up above, some sort did of did you just mention the
1: great? Whereby, did you just mention the great reset? I'm sorry, I thought you just said the great reset. My bad. Continue.
2: <laughs> yeah. Look. Look. You know, I mean, there might be a grand thesis whereby people obviously want to implement some sort of a, a, a recalibration, if you will. But once again. I just don't give all of our elected officials enough credit to be able to pull this off from a level of intelligence. I don't think these are incredibly intelligent people to begin with. I think what they're trying to do, they what are they driven by? They're driven by ego. You um, you know, um, you know. Obviously, they think about themselves, so they want to be able to move on to their next role, which is going to be bigger. They're going to make more money. So a lot of this is, for them is about acting tough, right? Like, look at what I did. I made the tough decisions, and I had to take out small businesses, but I'm doing it to help and save everybody, you know? This is this is just self-flagellation. This is all about trying to make themselves look really tough so that then they can obviously, um, you know, kind of kowtow to the big businesses or their corporate donors. Uh, obviously, give them what they want. Thus, the selective nature of these lockdowns and then move on from there. That's what I think is driving this, do you, you know, do you, ego, emotion, etc. Do you think elections had anything to do with this? of course of course i mean in, a, in an election year everybody's acting differently than they would outside of it all of us are right i mean you know we all act differently on social media as individuals um elected officials act differently heck i know from a business perspective we spend differently because we're trying to anticipate what the new administration is or isn't going to do whoever that's going to be um but furthermore you know Every single elected official has recognized and, um, you know, kind of galvanized the statement whereby a crisis is also an opportunity. They've said it. They've said it themselves. So, um, you know, that, that's certainly apparent in a lot of their actions.
1: Um, Donald Jerome Trump um, has been president for the past four years and he's received a lot of vitriol and backlash. How do you do you think it was deserved uh, the treatment that Trump got for the past four years?
2: I think that um, I think that the media is going to be really disappointed in the next four years because they've lost um, something to talk about. And I and I wonder what's going to happen with mainstream media. I think there's going to be a lot of jobs lost. Look, um, everybody, even Trump himself, has probably uh, had some. You know, has has had some uh, discomfort with with some of the things that he himself might say, etc. But everybody speaks out and says stupid stuff, and sometimes it just got it got to the point throughout the whole pandemic process where it was like, "Look, I'm sick of hearing about Trump. Like, let's focus on the issues at hand right now. Not everything has to come back to him. You know, he's not the common denominator in all of this. And now you look and you see, and you know, for me, it's kind of humorous, right? And like. I'll call out the people I support. I'll call anybody out. I don't have allegiances. But what's hilarious is when you look back and see how much he how much crap he got for talking about, you know, Operation Warp Speed and how he was going to get a vaccine. Oh, he's going to need a miracle, et cetera. And now it happened. And it's like, you know, just the 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 uh, the counterpoint in what we're seeing in the headlines is hilarious.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. He did say they were going to get a vaccine out. They said he wasn't going to be able to do it, and, and lo and behold, here it is. That's a great point. Uh, what 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 grade would you give Donald, uh, Jerome Trump, uh, on his handling of the COVID pandemic, and why would you give them that
2: grade? Uh, you know what? I'll probably have to plead the fifth on that one because I looked at. Um, you know, I don't even think that my intelligence can go so far as to determine what the uh, COVID response should have been on a federal level. On a state level, though, I think it was a complete and utter disaster here in California. Complete mismanagement, gross misappropriation of funds in California, um, you know, scapegoating of small industry and small business in order to enrich big business. And it couldn't have been more obvious hypocrisy at every single level of government. So let me at least isolate it on a local level because I really do look at things locally. Um, and, and looking at this from a, from the perspective of local politics, we in California, we get, uh, an F minus,
1: uh, the cohort, a lot of people have a cohort around them, a friend's family, so on and so forth. Who does your cohort support? Where are they libertarian? Are they liberal? Are they conservative? Where do they land in all of this?
2: I mean, I've got friends all over every single side of the aisle. My wife, my wife herself is aligned with myself. Uh, You know, she's, she's libertarian. Um, She might even be a little bit more, more towards the uh, libertarian hard right than I am. But the, the end of the day, I mean, I think that we all believe that we've got, we've got, uh, you know, we have inherent liberties and, and we have the ability to make decisions for ourselves. You know, that's what it comes down to. It's hilarious to think that, some of these people making the decisions for us think they're smarter than us. I mean, they think we're dumb. That's really what this comes down to and that they know better.
1: Yeah, so you're a libertarian. You believe in smaller government. How small is small enough or how big is too big? Where do you where, where do you draw the line on the growth of the government? How can you tell when it, because you can, I mean, now it's obvious the government's too big, right? But where was that breaking point and the growth of the government, where do you identify that? Is it like 1945? Is it 1913? Where where does it stop? Is it stop at a certain type of policy? Where does the growth of the government stop for you? That makes sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I could draw a line in, in a specific timeline, if you will, I mean, I would say the early 1900s, maybe even late 18. Hundreds. I think there was a level of corporatism that started to spiral out of control, coming out of the Gilded Era, moving into the Industrial Revolution, etc. And then that corporatism is whereby we started to concentrate power in large, um, you know, large conglomerates that were working in tandem with the government. And what we've seen now over the past century and going into the 21st century is we've actually seen a merge, an effective business merge between big business and big government. And we're living under a corporate system right now whereby the big government and the corporations have become one, quite literally. And obviously, the nuance to that is the way in which social media has played and big tech has played a role in that. So where we I now to answer your question after this ramble is, is that it's all about it's all about the safety of our own liberties. So I think government should step in when it starts to harm people, right? We need to protect each other. And outside of protecting each other, um, the government really shouldn't have much of a role. But when so- social media, big tech, etc., cetera, has been spliced into the uh, big arm of the government, their actions, right, across this new social landscape, which has reconditioned us to live in a virtual world, their actions are harmful um, to a lot of us, so they are actually abating our, our personal liberties to the degree that I think it's 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 not just harmful intellectually, but we've even seen the bullying, the abuse across a lot of these these platforms. Now, bullying, abuse—I'm also referring to political abuse. Um, I'm referring to the censoring of political viewpoints, uh, and I and I don't want to be specific about either side, but I think. That's where the government actually should step in, ironically, uh, so, so...
1: The bullying, we we are, step in, in, for what type of bullying? I'm a little lost on that.
2: I'm talking about Section 230. Um, okay. Um, you know, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about censorship across social media, censor- censorship across the internet. You think the government should
1: and step in on that
2: stuff? I think that P- there should be liability for these big tech companies when it comes to censorship.
1: Oh, really, why? Well, because is, isn't, is, isn't that going to. Here's how I feel I feel like that's a slippery slope because. You're basically telling people what they can do with their corporation, what they can and cannot do with their corporation. So they can. They're already to...
0: doing it, though. But they're already doing that, though, because, for example, President Trump is tweeting and they're marking it as election fraud or they're marking it as this. this I have tweet. no problem
1: with that, though. I personally have no problem with that.
0: But that's the president of the United States. And they're saying what he's saying is incorrect. And it's and it's it's, it's not the government saying that then, it's some company go it's to
1: parlor or go to Gab or go somewhere else. But so why wouldn't they do with the,
0: Why wouldn't they do that with the other side, though? Why wouldn't they do it fair? Why wouldn't they do that with both Trump on, and on, Biden?
1: You're on enemy grounds. The left run that platform.
0: Crazy man, communism.
2: Communism. Well, the the commons so, run that. So, so I agree with you. I agree with you in principle. But once again, the libertarian principles do come back to the idea that the one place that one thing government should be doing is protecting our personal liberties as well as you know keeping us safe. So, when we start to see state run media, which is what's effectively happening across the social media sphere and tech and, and, and news, et cetera, that's where it starts to kind of blur this line, right? So, I do agree with you that we should be able, we should say, okay, well, look, there's alternatives. If we live in a free market, there's alternatives. There's Parlor, we can set up any of these other apps. But if that's the case, then the government also shouldn't be creating loopholes for these big tech companies. I mean, look at the amount of money right. that we're giving to some of these companies. Yeah, yeah. So it's an uneven playing field. So on the one hand, we say free market, but then on the other hand, we're creating an uneven playing field. I mean, that's not capitalism. That's crony capitalism. I,
1: I would I would call it um, uh, exploitation of socialist systems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. If yeah, so I guess what you're saying is, If you're going to be playing with the government, then the government has every right to 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 put the shackles down on you and say this is wrong. Okay, that makes sense. That actually makes sense. All right. Let's come back to the other point you made. You said the government should protect us. Right. Well, that's what they're trying Mm -hmm. to do with the lockdown. They're trying to, quote, unquote, protect us. So where is that line you draw on protection? How do you Uh, find uh, that?
2: Well, yeah, I should I should be clear that. The government's trying to protect it. They should be there to protect us from each other. So that's where I talk about military, police, et cetera. So if I've got somebody who's trying to, um, you know, take down my my community um, violently, uh, then then that that's what I mean in regards to protection. Okay. Um, when it comes to personal protection, I think that we're responsible for our own personal protection. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Are you, when you're talking about personal protection, for example, with COVID, are you talking about each person should be able to like ha- dictate their own type of personal hygiene or dictate if they want to wear a mask or not?
2: Um, yeah, but mo- well, yes and no. I mean, I, I, I do think that if, if there is scientific evidence, which proves that not wearing a mask in certain situations could theoretically spread the virus and it could spread to the point where people die because of it, wear the freaking mask. Right. But on the flip mm-hmm. side, if the government is telling us that we can't do certain things where the risk level might be a little bit higher, like I can stay home. So so that's the point of all this is that like, we can tranche out the, um, the, the sectors of society that are at higher risk here, right? Uh, elderly, obviously, people with comorbidities, obesity, there's certain things we've now learned with this virus. So there are certain people that are much higher risk factor. Those of us who have actually tested positive for the antibodies, I haven't. But those people should be able to assess risk on a different level. So they should be able to go out to eat. And look, if I'm if I'm an obese 90 year old man and I've decided, you know what? My life, I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to go out to eat. That's up to me to make that decision. Um, So that's what I mean in regards to making decisions on our own in regards to our own health.
1: I got a question here from Fudge Mayo, five dollar super chat. Wanted to ask you, chef. How do you feel about people taking the vax and still having to wear the face mask, AKA the face diaper?
2: Yeah, so that, I mean, look, th- th- at that point, it's, it, I don't want to call it propaganda because that has a negative tone to it, but the reason that they really want people to continue wearing the face mask after they've gotten the vaccine is because that they don't they don't want the optics of people not wearing a mask to become normalized. The optics, the optics. I hate when people say that shit.
1: Um, okay, that makes sense. Are you taking it? Are you going to take vaccine? it?
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to take it. And I'm not taking it, not because I'm, I you know I don't want to suddenly turn this into an anti-vaxxer thing, but I don't think that I'm in the risk category whereby I should be taking it.
1: You you don't think you should take it because you're not at risk. Why are you not at yeah. risk?
2: Well, I mean, I'm um you know, I'm, I'm, I'm younger. Um, you know, I'm in shape. I am willing to leave that vaccine for somebody who's at a higher risk category.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You're you're a clever guy there, chef. If I was in California, I'd vote for you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
1: You got the Hotep Jesus vote, man. Very, 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 uh, very interesting argument you're making here. Are you are you ta- are you guys taking the vaccine? Wendy, Oh, you want to answer that? I'm not taking it. I thought you said you was going to take it, Wendy. You said you, no, wanted I- du- you said you wanted the double dose.
0: No, I told you on the show last week I said I'm not taking it. <laughs> and the reason why I'm not taking it is because number 1, I worked in healthcare for a long time and I never got the flu vaccine and I was fine and I worked around high risk people. That gave me all kinds of sorts of weird things. It got, we're in my personal business, in my face. I'm not taking it. I don't believe that I need to put something into my body that I don't need. I am young. I Well, not young, but I'm healthy. I don't have any pre-existing conditions. Um I'm not in the age group that needs it, and I'm definitely not giving it to my child because it hasn't been tested long enough, and there could be side effects, and I do believe that would be child abuse if I did give it to my child, so I don't feel comfortable taking it or giving it to my child.
1: Can we change gears real fast? Yes. Black Lives Matter has been in the news quite frequently. How do you assess the Black Lives Matter movement, organization, et cetera, et cetera? Be careful how you answer this. (laughs) <laughs> Why are we switching gears to this? Because I, w- I want to get I want to get a holistic view of Chef and how he thinks.
2: Um, I think that corporate America has certainly hijacked a lot of the good pieces of Black Lives Matter, um, and and they've they've woke washed it. Uh, I'm disappointed with that piece of it because you know a lot of these big corporations that are that are really taking that that narrative on you know they're hypocrites they're not you know it's just a marketing campaign for them so i assimilate a lot of what's going on to like sustainability right and 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 i don't want to degrade the movement by equivocating it but what we saw with sustainability 10 15 years ago was that there was a true movement behind it and then you started to see corporate america you know kind of wash it out and everything was sustainable so when mcdonald's is pushing like a sustainable fish fillet it's like come on are we, are we joking here so Look, I, you know, I think I absolutely love, um, you know, organically, you know, true movements. I have also not spent enough time to um, assess the numbers, the finances behind the actual organization. So, you know, the mission statement aside, the actual organization, I haven't looked at any of that. And I bring that up because a lot of movements, you know, you see – that they start and start as i mentioned about the corporatism element of it is is that then you start to see that it becomes a financial thing so you so you look at the financials um you know look at the lincoln project right i mean they mm. those guys drifted for millions and millions of dollars and i don't really even understand what they were doing but um, yeah. well, that's my that's my general perspective on i think some of how, what we've seen in regards so, to that
1: so they brought up you know police brutality for example is one of the things that they brought up how do you how would you if you were governor? What would you do to sort of alleviate some of the stress that black people have when it comes to economic inequality, whatever the hell that means, and um, police brutality?
2: Yeah, I mean, police brutality is a big issue. I've seen it personally. I mean, I've seen it here in California. Um, I think, you know, economic opportunity, opportunity for education, right? That's a huge one. Um, And and that's something that isn't really, we don't hammer that home enough. You know, when we talk about education, I'm not talking about higher education, right? I'm not talking about, um, you know, I'm not talking about getting into an Ivy League school. I'm talking about just true opportunity and access to, vocational education and what i've seen um is, is that th- that's selective in different communities and when we cut off communities from the opportunity to enrich themselves by virtue of you know just just general everyday education um that's where we start to s- start to stratify stratify i think you know some of these different neighborhoods and different communities and then it becomes a, um a, you know it, it kind of perpetuates itself so education is an area in which I would focus right off the bat. And then in terms of police brutality, um, yeah, look, even the even even a lot of our, you know, th- those in blue agree that there needs to be reforms and there needs to be, um, you know, new training, et cetera. But I th- think transparency is also key there. I-, I think transparency. Look, the great thing about these iPhones is that everybody's accountable now um you know and we've seen so many situations now where some of these got some of these um you know um corrupt police officers have done crazy things but now we can see it so transparency
1: mm, yeah oh yeah oh yeah
0: can i can i kind of chime in about the education in california
1: no well
0: i'm going to thank you <laughs> So, it, kind of, kind of picking back off of what Chef said, um, in California, it's depending on what neighborhood you live in. That's the kind of access you're going to get to education. Even though they're claiming in all these poor neighborhoods that they're doing X, Y, and Z to help the communities, they're really not. Because we just moved from a very poor neighborhood that the schools were like a three out of ten, and we moved to a nicer neighborhood that where the schools are like nine out of ten, and. A lot of the kids that live in my old neighborhood, they don't even go to those schools. They don't go to the schools in my old neighborhood. My neighbor, they actually go to a very rich white neighborhood. They have the school district they have their kid put in because the education system is so bad. So when they're talking about um, what Jeff is talking about, equal education, that needs to be revamped in California because if you live in a poor city, you're going to get a crappy education unless your parents can afford to put you into private school or they can somehow get you to go into a different school district.
1: Mm, 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 Yeah. Um education's a tough one for me. And and I don't wanna I don't wanna move this conversation too far away. Um, uh, but education's you know, I for example, let me just tell you what I'm thinking. When you talk about giving black folks an education, really what you're talking about doing is colonizing their minds you know, and, 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 and making them culturally something that they're not.
2: Um, I said, vocational.
1: I, I, I was just about to say that I liked what chef said vocational. And that goes back to Booker T Washington, man, giving people those real skills, man. That is so important. And, and that's why I liked when you said that vocational line, that's, that's, that's super important. Booker T Washington was talking about, you know, having people go into engineering mechanics and all of that stuff before you go to the four-year schools you know because what's what's really going to sustain you is, is having something that like I teach tell my kids I'm like you can do you know do whatever you want in this world but it's like what can you do like you can learn whatever you want but what can you do like that's what's going to equate to your value chef he can cook that's a skill all right and that's what this stuff comes back to
0: Whole, I want to I want to chime in about the vocational education and the reason being is because I did that I to work in healthcare I had to get my vocational I went to vocational school and I got my license. Those vocational schools they prey on people in poor neighborhoods they prey on minorities in poor neighborhoods and they work with awesome the governments me. to get these kids FAFSA and in, I paid for my certificate I paid a thousand dollars for it when if I would have gone to um, and I had to drive a little bit far to get to it and it was at a an adult school but if I wanted to go to like um what the to itt tech or whatever and get that same education it would have been 10 grand and what they're doing is they're pushing loans out to these kids and saying oh you get out of school and you make 20 dollars an hour which that's not the case especially if you're in healthcare care so they have these in these poor neighborhoods and they're pushing these out and they're working with the government and it's all done through fafsa and it's a big effing scam mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. can we come back to the lockdowns real fast yeah please <laughs> chef what is the thing that pisses you off the most about the lockdowns is it the fact that small businesses is being affected
2: i think that the lockdowns in many cases are going to create riskier situations that's what pisses me off the most but actually let me even double down on that and get more granular what pisses me off even more is the fact that everyone not everyone but a lot of people are just blindly accepting it without even questioning the reality of the situation and here's an example, okay? So, if I don't go and go out to eat at a restaurant and go sit on the patio outdoors, which we know there's no risk. I'm still going to have that Wednesday dinner party or that date night or whatever you have with my neighbors or friends, etc. But now I'm going to do it in my house. And I'm going to do it indoors. That's a riskier situation. So this is what I always talk about with the unintended consequences of government is that they're not recognizing the unintended consequences of their decisions, which are worse than the original decision or the original you know lockdown. So that's what pisses me off is we're not even we're not even looking at it through a rational lens. Many of us are. But the others are just like, if you don't follow what the government says, then you are you're the problem.
1: Let's talk about that individual, that mind. Right. Because that's the next question I have that mind. That's like. Oh my God, Chef! How dare you not lock down? And you know they've essentially turned the people against each other, right? So how do you how do you get through to that mind? What do you say to that person when they when they when they say that to you, like Chef? You shouldn't be. I'm not talking about the government; just every everyday average person, citizen. What do you say to them? How do you have that conversation with these people?
2: Yeah, and I make the mistake of trying to have those conversations <laughs> over and over again on social media. Um, and it's like that's my that's my my Achilles heel because I'll keep doing it and I don't know why my wife slaps me she's like stop put the phone down like you're never gonna get through to them but you know trying to use data right I mean numbers don't lie and and you know data that's not skewed that's the interesting thing here there's a lot well, let, let me just quick take a quick detour you know we talk about airplanes and everyone's like well the HEPA filters like everybody's a freaking expert on on HEPA filter suddenly and now this research study is being traipsed around about the Department of Defense um, putting creating a scenario where they have mannequins now they've determined that airplanes are safe well first of all let's look who's funding that study I can all tomorrow I will find a scientist to create a study that says that dining in restaurants is safe a lot of these studies are funded by the very industries that benefit from the result of the study itself um, so when people don't recognize that, you know, I can try and open their eyes to it, but I just don't think, I don't remember who said it. It might have been like Twain or somebody. But I remember reading that they said, even when you're right, you're wrong, right? How many times have you, you both have open minds. I've seen your content. But a lot of times when somebody realizes that they're wrong, they're pissed. They're pissed at the person that told them they were wrong, you know? Um, so it's like, okay, I know I'm wrong, but I'm now I'm pissed that you that you shattered my reality. Mm. So even when you're right, you're wrong. And maybe sometimes it's not even worth trying to shatter people's reality. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But I do it anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Social media, I don't do it. Um, It's just a complete waste of time. But in person, I'm thinking about like what that conversation is like with that person who. Like, for example, I saw black people online like, yeah, we need another round of lockdowns. And I'm like. Yo, fifty percent of black business has been destroyed because of the lockdowns. Y'all, y'all claim we so poor, but here y'all are advocating, and it's just like then you talk about the system of white supremacy. And I'm like, you agree with the system of white supremacy and the decisions they make? Like, like whose side are you on here? Like, like you trust the government now, the same government that been against you for the past four hundred years? Like, it's really weird that that people have taken this side. Um, but I feel like what do you. So where is that coming from? Where is that that idea that lockdowns are the right thing to do? Where is the public getting that from?
2: Tribal politics. Tribal. Tribal- you know, we, we we all need we need to root for a team. It's groupthink. Right. Diffusion of responsibility through a group and. Right now, in the absence of everyday life, right, in the absence of sports, in the absence of hobbies, in the absence of all the things that used to keep us distracted, people have turned politics into sport. And now they've dug into their side and they don't they aren't willing to think outside of whatever platform is being jammed down their throat from whichever side of the aisle they're looking at. Um, and if a lockdown is the way to go and they say, that's the, what you got to do, then you have to listen to your leaders and you can, you need to regurgitate that. That is the equivalent, you know, that's equivalent to wearing your Tom Brady jersey or, you know, throwing on a, um, you know, you know, your Lakers jersey, right? That's what it is. You pro or are you anti-lockdown? Are you pro or are you anti-mask? There's no in between, oddly.
1: Mm. So you're saying that because they align with a certain political ideology they have to go along with the lockdowns because. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like the main people that want the lockdowns are majority Democratic, leftist progressive, right?
2: Or no, not? I, I no, I agree with that. I I do agree with that. I mean, I think there's even you know there's a. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't even come up with an alternate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, from my timeline, I know we can be stuck in in bubbles on social media. But from where I'm sitting, it's like it seems like you know, the Trumpers, MAGA conservatives, are like screw these lockdowns, and it seems like um, everybody else is, if you you know you hate Trump, you're for the lockdowns, um, which is really just hard to understand. And, and I think the only explanation, like you said, is that tribalism. But it's like damn, like this this conversation around health has nothing to do with politics yet people are following the, the the political line wow this is
0: well it does have to do health does have to do with politics because a lot of these government bodies and these healthcare companies they all work together they are all the same unit yeah. It's no longer once we got, well, even before Obamacare, but once we had Obama, once Obamacare really went into effect, it became an absolute nightmare. And you were able really, you were really able to see who was backing what and just everything being merged together and essentially being one body.
2: That's the corporatism that I was referring to. Hmm. And that's
0: why in the United States, there are health protocols or, or our health care is different than it is in Europe, because I would have clients that would go get HIV treatment elsewhere. They would come back to the United States and they would stick on the regimen they got in Europe as opposed to the US because the US doctors had to go by our the FDA guidelines here, which the FDA guidelines didn't care about how it was inf- impacting each individual patient. Hmm and they didn't care about the toxicity levels they just kept pumping people full of drugs
2: Mm. Mm -hmm. well that's also because we're we're all numbers right so we're all data on a spreadsheet that's what people in these people look look at the data they don't look behind the data to understand that there's you know and use the cliche right there's families behind the data mothers fathers cousins kids everything behind the data um, it's all about well, numbers. The,
0: the more numbers they get, the more funding they get. My old company, they were so excited and they put they really pushed sales on us. Really, really pushed sales, especially at the level I was at, which had nothing to do with sales. It was my job was patient care coordination. But the more sales they got and the more people that we, we inducted into the pharmacy, it was like high five. This is great. This is good. And it's like, don't you care about these people's health? And the reason why they cared so much is because they got government funding because they were a nonprofit. And they were getting HIV medication at a discounted price because of their um, the licensing that they had because of them being a nonprofit. So the more HIV medication they pushed out or pep or prep, they were able to get more money from the government because the government would reimburse.
2: There you go. I mean, that's 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 financial quid pro quo. Um, bingo.
1: Whoa! I just saw something really, really weird here. Okay. All right. No. All right. No. I thought I was seeing something. Um, Stimulus checks now is trending right now, right? Uh, I was trending really high earlier. Um, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to like test this theory, right? Like live as we're talking. Let me change my settings. People you follow. I want to see what the people are. So stimulus checks now is the trending hashtag. And the only person I follow that has tweeted that is Tulsi Gabbard. How do you feel about this stimulus checks? You know, I think the conversation today is the fact that it's only 600 bucks. Are you for the stimulus checks? Is Is 600 bucks not enough? Should there not be stimulus checks? What do you feel about this?
2: Oh yeah, look, first, let me say this. Any money that we get that's being distributed needs to go directly to us, right? I don't want it to go filter through some government agency, number one. Number two, if the government is shutting us down and forcing us away and, and not allowing us to create our own livelihood, then they should compensate us for us. But at what expense, right? At what cost? Where's that money coming from? Don't print that money, number one. So no, I don't agree with that. We've got to find the money from someplace else. And that's where I, where I, I go on my rants and I said, look, number one, um, you know, I'm not saying that we all need to be for taxation, but if you look pack, back over the past five years, small businesses paid an average of 22 to 23% in income tax. That's according to the SBA Amazon between 2016 and 2019 paid less than 1% in taxes. You could, you know, let's flip that script and that narrative, right? And all that tax money could go to give every citizen $15,000.
1: Hmm. <laughs> mm. You know what's funny about what you said? The only person I follow is Tulsi Gabbard that tweeted that hashtag, and it's like I guess the right was like, "Oh, the left started this hashtag, so we can't participate." But I'm sure people on the right agree that there needs to be stimulus checks, right? You do you think there should be stimulus checks, right, directly well, of to the people?
2: 100% there should be stimulus checks. And and like I said, checks directly to citizens. I mean, it's that simple. But you are right. you That's a great point. And they won't, I'm telling you right now, if they don't give checks directly to the people, we're in trouble. Oh, we lost someone.
1: Yeah, Wendy just dipped out. She'll be back, I'm sure. She probably got a restart. Damn. So in my head, you know, it's, to me, I'm just like, The right talks all this tough guy talk, man. But everyone still sticks to their tribe and not too many people to branch off and break the rules and say, yeah, I actually agree with this one hashtag stimulus checks now. But because the left started it, they can't participate in it. And that's just like... This is why we can't get nowhere.
2: Let let me use the example. I mean, it's funny. Here I am championing... Champion... Championing... Whatever, I'm a champion for small business. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what happened there. Long day, uh, too many brownies. I'm, um, uh, you know, I'm a champion for small business, and I'm going after Amazon. Who do I sound like? AOC, right? right? Was, yeah. A year ago, that was her exact narrative. Now here, I am saying the same thing, and I'm, I'm attracting the ire and the disdain of all the AOC supporters. Wow, really. They've oh, yeah. You go through my timeline when I post this and it's like, you know, you'd think that I was a communist for suggesting that. And all I'm doing right now is, is I'm just highlighting the, the, the hypocrisy of what's going on. What did you I'm say about Amazon?
1: Yeah. yeah. What did you say about Amazon?
2: Oh, just that Amazon, they don't they don't pay any taxes. And I'm not oh, saying okay. it's, it's got to be a level playing field. Why do I pay 25% income tax and Amazon pays zero? AOC has got a strategic. AOC's got tax
1: to rich shirts. So why are the left attacking you for that?
2: Exactly. Because because those are the people that are contributing to the campaigns of Democratic politicians.
1: Those are the people that like I. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Amazon people. Yeah.
2: Yep. Jeff Bezos owns The Washington Post. You can never say anything bad about him.
1: Uh, Wendy, turn your camera sideways. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Wapo, Wapo. Yeah. Oh, let me let me get Wendy back in here. Did your computer die, Wendy? Did your computer die?
0: Oh wait, there it goes.
1: It just came back. All right, let's try and get you back in here. Um, that's, yeah, that's really crazy, Chef. I think it is, too. Because okay. that's the exact argument that AOC had last year, and the right gave her health, and then the right gave her health for that. <laughs> Which she was talking at, because it was about the jobs, right? I think, I think uh, because yeah, she there were potential jobs that could have come to New York and because of her rhetoric Amazon pulled out I think was the big thing.
2: Yep, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Damn, yo. Know? I'm one of those people I break the the whole tribal thing. Like, you know, I'll be like Trump, 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 Trump and then if I see something that come from the left, I don't even think like if it's left or not, I'm just like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's run with it. And I take hell for it. But I still stand ten toes down, and I think that's why people respect me, man. Because I'm gonna call it straight down the middle how I see it.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that—that's you don't see that. That's a breath of fresh air now, that, and I think people do respect that. Yeah. Like, just across the board.
1: Yeah, we gotta start doing that, man. People gotta stop. I mean, I follow like a thousand people, and not one of them was in that, except for Tulsi this is crazy
2: could you imagine a political world where you don't put an you don't put an r or a d or an i next to your name could you imagine if they didn't know if they didn't associate with a political party and it was just issue by issue imagine how much quicker things would get done
1: so much faster so much do you think that some of this for example I, i think one of the narratives is that nancy pelosi or the democrats were holding up the stimulus because of the, uh, the 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 election do you agree with that is that what happened yep. 100 can you explain that to somebody who doesn't follow
2: yeah because they know they know about trump's hubris and that if there was a stimulus that would pass then he would take a million victory laps and they didn't even want to risk that i mean that's strategy i mean that's strategy and Look, Pelosi doesn't care. In her mind, you know, she's not for the people. That's a joke. You know, for her, it's about political ambition. Her world is just completely immersed in her own and her party's political ambitions. So if we got to wait four extra weeks, we got to, what's another four weeks? I guarantee you that's what she was saying in her head as she mm. was eating bonbons.
1: So they'd rather put the people at risk just for her own political benefit.
2: Yeah, collateral
1: damage. And, you, and, and the left won't even see that, man. Like, straight-up Democrats won't even see that.
0: Well, because they thought in their mind, and some of them, I won't speak for all of them, they saw that the lockdowns were enough, that they're that they were keeping people safe with these lockdowns. And they don't seem to understand that there's people that are not making a whole lot of money or getting laid off from their jobs. They don't understand how long it takes when you go on unemployment. You just don't get a check. Or you don't get money deposited. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. If you go on disability for, let's say, for um, after you have a baby, you don't get your check right away. It takes a while. You have to do all the paperwork, submit all the stuff. It takes time, and they don't seem and they don't seem to care that people in the United States. And yes, this is each individual's personal problem. But half of the people in the United States do not have $500 in a savings account. I think it's like mm-hmm. 50%. And people and these the big government people like Nancy Pelosi, they don't seem to care. They just think we're going to wait it out. Out and it's going to be OK because we're protecting people with the lockdown. But in actuality, people just want to be able to pay their damn bills and they can't do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Fudge yep. Mayo. Go ahead, Chef. Well, I was going to say, I mean, to that point. Right. So we recognize that. So and and there are so many people specifically in my industry that are out of work. I'm getting hundreds mm-hmm. of emails and messages about real stories. Right. Heartbreaking, real life stories. And this isn't, you know, this isn't hyperbole. So that's why we started our own fund where by are we're actually going to be distributing funds to struggling right of work restaurant workers. If the government's not going to help it out, then we're going to do it. I had so many people reach out to me after my video went viral, and they were saying, we want to donate money to your business. We want to give you money to your business. And we're not in this for ourselves. I'll make money in my own business by doing the right things. We're not going to grift off of this. But I realized, you know what? Maybe we could take this positive energy and funnel it into a real a real life fund. So, heck, we've raised almost $32,000 already. Um, you know, we're gonna be distributing it in denominations of about five hundred dollars to struggling out of work restaurant workers. We didn't even need the government to do that.
1: Um, I have a super chat here from Fudge Mayo. Fudge Mayo says, Wendy, and Chef, you can answer this too. Uh, How do you feel about Tulsi's new proposition? And uh, I'm going to go ahead and just read the, the tweet out here four hours ago from Tulsi. He said, in March, I introduced uh, House Resolution 897 calling for emergency direct payments to every American for the duration of this pandemic. Instead, there was one time payment in a completely dysfunctional unemployment program that has left many people without help. People need stimulus checks now. How do you all feel about that? Obviously, we agree, right?
0: Yeah, I think that they should have what they should have done. And I'm talking about everybody in general, like Chef said earlier, figure out a plan, Mm -hmm. lock it down, give people enough money to where they can still survive, pay their bills. And then reopen things, and then get things—you know—figure it out. But you can't just lock things down and not pay people and expect them to be okay. In some of the poor neighborhoods, people are starting to steal, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. There's all these mental health issues. A lot of people—I know at the, D- the the domestic violence shelter, the cases are skyrocketing. My mom does; um, she's part of the Elanon program. The K AA cases are skyrocketing too. There's a lot of abuse going on in homes. It just was—people need the money, and they need it now, and they need—it's not even. And now they needed it March when everything was locked down, when this thing first started.
1: Chef, you, you, I think you alluded this to before, but monies went out to like large corporations benefited. Yep. I think there was, um, who was it today? Uh, I'm not going to remember. I'm not, I'm going to stop trying, but, um, I forget it. But yeah, a lot, a lot of corporations, I think Amazon got some of that money, didn't they? Didn't they get a kickback?
2: Probably, probably. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 specific in my world, I, we found out today that the French Laundry, that infamous restaurant that Gavin Newsom was dining at um, and breaking his own orders, they received $2.7 million in funding. And That's the it, one, yes. It, yeah. Yes. $2.7 2- $2. million. 2. That's a, one restaurant. That's one restaurant. Two point seven million dollars, and that's seventeen times the average amount that any other restaurant got.
1: And and what's the connection to Gavin there?
2: Um, they are. He's their favorite customer. He orders everything sauce on the side.
1: How did they get two point seven million?
2: You know, I mean, how did half of these people get the money that they got? It's crazy. Corporatism.
0: Yeah, there was and a lot of I say, yeah, for-
2: the government should never be responsible for, for for choosing how the money is spent, and it shouldn't go from one government agency to another government agency to another government agency. Yeah. Imagine if you wake up every morning and you have yourself a glass of milk. Would you take one big glass, pour it in a smaller glass, pour it in nine other glasses? By the time you got to that last glass, you'd have no more milk. You'd be stuck on the side of all those other glasses.
1: Right, right, right. Damn. that's wild man this is wild you know what what perplexes me is just the fact that the tribalism is so strong that blatant mismanagement from the democrat side of things isn't able to be explained but everything is trump's fault
2: yeah Nah. you know I say do an exercise right anybody who wants to open their mind do an exercise every single story that you read and you start to feel as if you have these inherent visceral opinions about it replace everybody in the story with somebody on the opposite side of the aisle if you still have the same feelings you know think about it right Mm, i like that experiment that's a good thought experiment
0: well they do the interviews where they talk about a different political policy. They go to college campuses, they interview different students and they pitch these policies and the, and you know, Democrats are for the Republican policies and vice versa and they let them know what policy <laughs> it was and they're like, "Oh, well I'm not f that guy."
2: Yep. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Paul,
1: Paul Banks said, and feel free to chime in on this. this, is a very interesting comment. He said, "Uh, you can't have small business under socialism." <laughs> this is a controlled demolition to keep people dependent on the government. Whew. How do you feel about that, Chef?
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't think it's as I don't think it's um like I've said before. I don't I don't think that it's as coordinated as we think it is because I don't give them enough credit for for being that intelligent but i think philosophically yes that is the the vantage point of many um many people but it doesn't come from it doesn't necessarily always come from that drive to create a big state government it comes from narcissism you see our elected officials think and believe they're smarter that's the thing they believe truly that, that that their way is the only way and they need to be in office and they need to have centralized power because they're right
1: I want to walk through that train of thought, you know, when you say, uh, you don't think it's coordinated because you don't give the government that, that amount of credit, right? Half of that I agree with. No, I don't give the government people that type of credit. What I do know is there's a class above them that yeah. uses them as puppets that could coordinate this stuff and is more yep. intelligent to coordinate this stuff.
2: Agree. Agree. A hundred percent.
1: Okay. Okay, but so what do- I'm
2: saying is is that the people we're targeting with our with our our disdain, right? Like the Newsom's, the Cuomo's of the world, et cetera. I don't think they're colluding and coordinating. I agree with you. Right. They're being given talking points from above. They could be yes. subliminally getting manipulated for all I know. Right. You know. Um. But but so I agree with your sentiment too.
1: Yes, that's what I think is happening. I definitely don't think Nancy Pelosi and them is smart enough to pull this stuff off. They're not the forward thinking ones. They're worker bees. They yeah. get paid well get but- yeah, they paid well too.
2: Yeah,
0: Most but you still we still shouldn't we shouldn't excuse them for their behavior because it's not okay for them to say you can't go you know don't this we're gonna shut the salons down but then she goes to a salon and gets her hair done and it's not okay mm-hmm. for Newsom to say you can't go inside restaurants and eat when he's going inside a restaurant and eat the beauty and the restaurant um sectors in California you guys have to go for like not only for licensing but testing all kind you guys have to be trained. To go ahead and operate these facilities like you guys and if you guys at restaurants are not clean they get shut down and they get fined and the same with the beauty salons so when you have these government officials that are saying no you can't do this but then they're turning around and doing the same thing that because a problem and i don't care how stupid they are that is not okay if you are in a political if you are a um If you're in a political power at all or you're a public face, you need to be held accountable for your actions and you have to be very, very careful what you do. It's not rocket science and it's not like who, what, like what goes through their mind? Like you're not untouchable Mm. at all. Mm. Like we might not be as medieval as we were during all of these revolutions or during the times of Roman when they would go and they would go tear all of these you know kings and whatever down but it might get to that point again because people are getting fed up they don't have money it's right around the holidays people are not able to 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 buy presents for their family i was in the nail salon getting my nails done the last day before lockdown and the two ladies were crying because they couldn't buy their kids gifts so i went and i tipped them extra to make sure that they can at least get their kids a little something and they held me and we cried because they couldn't freaking get their kids christmas stuff Because that was their only job.
1: Wendio is a national treasure. We need more Wendios in this world.
0: I will fight for these people it's not like I grew up very very poor I grew up without nothing I had to struggle to get where I am today it's not fair to steal people's livelihood I don't care who you are I don't care how intelligent you are but it's not okay and you have to have compassion and these people in power they do not have compassion I don't know if it's because they've always had a silver spoon in their mouth or they live in this damn ivory tower or they've been blessed to have great nine-to-five jobs or to have good parents to encourage them to go to college and get a degree or whatever the hell it is but you still have to have compassion for people and there's not enough compassion going on. And all these people that are arguing and mad at Chef for, you know, for at least for voicing his opinion, they don't understand. They're probably the same people that have these bullshit corporate jobs that are able to work from home on Zoom and are getting this great or decent salary, so they don't have to worry about these problems. They don't mm-hmm. have to deal with it. They don't understand. My husband is a small business owner, and some of the hoops that he has had to jump through, obviously they were, it's, he's an electrical contractor. They weren't anything that the restaurant industry has had to deal with, but he's had to be very, very careful. He's had to buy his employees masks and hand sanitizer, and he's had to get pay extra money to get guys tested, and those guys, when they would go get tested, he would have to pay them for the entire day because he was scared to get sued. Stuff like that. It's not, it's just, It's. it's very hard for a lot of different people and these people in power and these assholes online that are just not showing compassion just need to stop and just start showing others compassion and think about well, god forbid what if i was in this situation
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely man. yep you nailed it that yeah. that that's so rudimentary and and so basic right. and so right and yet instead <laughs> we'll, we'll over intellectualize it <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Like like I said before, it was black people calling for a lockdown and these people are verified on Twitter. Their money is coming regardless because they're influencers. And I'm like, are you thinking about yourself? Or you th- you're not thinking about the people hurt by this stuff, man? I'm sure they're not
0: stuff. donating to their own community yeah. too, making sure that people in their community are eating. I guarantee they're not.
1: Mm. Mm. That's another good question.
0: Like how much like and this is the thing when we're talking about donating and donating to charity, that is a very personal thing. And, you know, it's to each individual family. It's personal. However, if you're going to sit on your pedestal and you're going to call for X, Y and Z, put your money where your mouth is and show Mm -hmm. what you're doing or don't talk at all. That's the problem that I have is if you care so much about your people what are you doing to help your people? Because I can name a whole list of things I've been doing to help my community and help people that I see struggling, but I don't need to do that because I'm not out here um, punishing others or verbally abusing others and sitting on my high horse. I know that I have a good right now because I'm able to work from home and make money. So, mm-hmm. and I'm just giving it back whenever I can.
1: hmm hmm yeah. Uh, well, I- I've got all my questions answered. I think, uh, I think, uh, do you got anything else, Wendy? Yo, I, I think, uh, chef's done a great job tonight, um, answering our questions and, and, and giving me a clear idea of who he is. Cause you know, you see people tweet and you see him, but it's different when you talk to somebody, right? When you talk to Hotep yeah. Jesus, it's a different type of interview. Um, so I I, 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 love the way you think and, um, you got my support, man. You got my support and, uh, keep, Thank keep you. fighting out there and, and don't back down, bro. Cause like, you're one of the few people who won't back down um, restaurant. You're becoming, uh, you know, very uh, famous for for this. And I think this is what people need to be famous for. Right. As opposed to being famous for something stupid. No, be famous because you stood up against authoritarianism, etc. You know, so, um, again, um, not only thank you for coming on the platform, but thank you for what you're doing. man.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank right. you.
1: Wendy Appreciate O does not miss with the guess, Hotep. Wendy O is like, what are you four for four now?
0: Yes, yes, sir.
1: Hundred percent from the field.
2: Wendy O is MVP of the year. I am. Oh yeah. Well, congratulations, by the way, and and I'm I'm excited. You got a, you got a hell of a twenty four hours coming. I know. I'm about to go get mentally prepared. Baby's coming tomorrow.
0: Oh. Woo woo! Uh, Exciting. Yeah. Oh, well, Chef, before we go, do you want to plug anything? Um, you want to plug your organization for um, that you guys are doing to go ahead and help raise money for folks that, that need it? Because I actually I when I tweeted out about you coming on, I went and donated. Um, I want to say Thank it was you. yesterday or the day Thank before because I it's, to me, it's important to do that, but you want to plug where people can go ahead and donate if they want to. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it's, right now we've got it set up as a GoFundMe and I'm posting it up on all my social accounts. So if you follow me at um, Chef Rule on Twitter, I mean, that's probably the best place. And uh, once again, it's, you know, we're helping struggling restaurant workers, every dollar is transparent as to how and when, where it's going to go. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're not, this isn't, this isn't for us or our business. This is about us, the community stepping in in order to bridge, hopefully while um, the government figures out what they're doing.
0: Also so thank- to you guys, if you want to support small businesses um, in your neighborhood or your community, what you can do is you can purchase gift cards directly from them, not from the third parties, but go and you know order them online or whatever you need to do. And you can support your restaurants or your small businesses. But if you can for Christmas, just shop small business, shop small. And the money actually is going to help people's families and their kids and them to actually pay their bills. Yeah.
1: Uh, shout out to Raider in the chat. Raider's been providing those links. Um, also, uh, ChefGruel.com, that link is in the description box below. So make sure y'all tune in. This interview will be available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple uh, in the next few days. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Chef, for coming on. God Thank bless you. you and your Thank family you so and,
1: much.
0: And shout out to Hotep and the God bless you and yours with the brand new edition coming tell your fiance congratulations and the o family is excited for you guys
1: absolutely i'll definitely send in a message thank you
2: thank you guys have a Peace good
1: night out. it's been another sharp conversation with hotep jesus i'll see y'all next time hotep and love are
0: we offline